When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to Sustainable Minimalists, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. We're all time crunched. We're all overtired. And so today we're talking about ways in which we can cook a bit more at home, order out a bit less, rely on those meal subscription boxes slightly less for our health, for our wallets, and for the planet's health as well. Now, a quick word before we get into today's interview. Cooking from scratch means different things to different people, right? If you're making a pizza, it might mean making the dough making the sauce, going out to your cow and getting the cream to make the cheese. That could be cooking from scratch for you. Today, as you're listening, I would love you to think about cooking from scratch as looking at your baseline, wherever you are, whatever you're currently doing, and taking one baby step closer to cooking more at home. So if you are a meal subscription family and you get a box every day on your doorstep and that's how you cook your meals, perhaps you get one less box a week and you cook a meal from scratch that night. Or going on the pizza example, if you're the family who goes to the pizzeria every Friday night for Friday pizza, perhaps instead of that, you just buy a crust, buy some sauce and buy the cheese, and assemble it at home. That might be cooking from scratch for you. So find your baseline and cook slightly more at home. We're not reinventing the wheel. We are not adding stress onto our lives. But we are, hopefully, by the end of today's episode, getting the motivation to cook slightly more. Today I am speaking with blogger Rachel McKinnon. Rachel has a passion for cooking and she's here to impart it on all of us. We're going to have a quick pause for a sponsor. Maybe you'll hear one, maybe you won't. I don't know. And then we will go right into my conversation today with Rachel. Rachel, I'm so excited to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Stephanie? I'm great. I'm really looking forward to gleaning your wisdom all about cooking from scratch because your blog, oh my goodness, it's amazing. Tell us who you are, what you do, and let's change things up a bit today. Tell us who you are, what you do, and one fun fact about you. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, I'm Rachel McKinnon, and I'm the blogger behind Milk Glass Home. And I love to write about sustainable living and cooking from scratch. It's a huge passion of mine. One random fact is, I don't know, when we do those games at school or at work, I'm always like, I was born in Scotland and people are surprised by that. But I'm a military brat. 
have moved a lot. And my answer to where I'm from has always been a little complicated. But people like to learn about this whole Scotland thing. That's unusual. I'm excited to learn about that. That's amazing. (laughs) You mentioned there that you are passionate about cooking and specifically cooking from scratch. I need to know more about that. How did you find yourself interested in all things related to the kitchen and cooking? Yeah, I I think about it a lot because I'm not a professionally trained chef or anything, but I love to cook. And when I think back to where this all started, I grew up on hamburger helper and tuna casserole and that kind of stuff. So then why am I talking to people about cooking from scratch? But I've just always been drawn to food, to the role food plays in families, how it brings people together. And as a child, I remember trying to teach myself to cook. I wanted to know how to make bread. And I thought, I have these ingredients here. I could do that. I've had some absolute disasters along the way, but it's become a passion and something that I I like enough, obviously, to be able to talk about it and write about it with people. When you're talking there, I see your face light up. And I know, listeners, this is an audio uh podcast. So you're not seeing her face necessarily, but I am. And your face just lit up when you were talking about cooking. And that makes me think then that cooking is not a chore for you. Cooking is a joy. Would that be accurate? Yes, I would say so. I, although I will say I also struggle with meal planning. And like I'm a real person, right? So it's not like every day. It's Cinderella and the squirrels are coming out of the trees to help me chop vegetables. No, there's still times when I'm like, I can't do this. So I'm a very real person, but it is a passion. And I am especially interested in kitchen projects. So I'm the person with the sourdough starter and the milk kefir. What's that thing fermenting over there? Like, I'm that person. I would probably guess that many, if not most of my listeners are not so passionate about cooking. I like to cook, don't get me wrong, but there are plenty of days during the average ho-hum week where I just don't want to do it. It just feels like another thing on my plate. But what I hear you saying is that because it's a joy, because it's a passion, you lead with that passion. So it doesn't seem as time-consuming, stressful, etc. So I'm going to talk to you more about how we can reframe our thinking around cooking from scratch. But before we do that, let's talk about the benefits. Cooking a home-cooked meal, cooking from scratch, like that is much healthier for us as humans, for our bodies, for our souls. But tell us, what other benefits have you experienced firsthand from embracing cooking from scratch? As a sustainable living blogger, I'm often thinking about how I can reduce my packaging waste, I can reduce my carbon footprint. I I also love the garden. So thinking about how I can connect with the seasons and connect with nature. But I've also used food to try to heal my body to so many other people. I know that I feel the best when I'm eating foods that I make at home. I'm not getting stomach aches. I'm, I try to eat an anti-inflammatory diet most of the time where I'm just eating simply prepared meals. I'm a big advocate for boring meals, just simple foods that nourish you because for me, it helps me minimize my anxiety, my depression. I'm using food to try to heal some different hormonal issues. And I think food just, it has so much power to affect how we feel emotionally and physically. So it's a really important place to focus. We all have had that 
experience where we binge on something unhealthy, maybe fast food, maybe some other food item that was concocted in a lab and not (laughs) in a field, let's say, and how poorly we feel afterwards. I have that experience all the time because I do like my junk food. But what I hear you saying there is that food is medicine and it's cliche because we hear it all the time, but it is true. For anybody listening right now who is saying to themselves, oh my goodness, cooking from scratch, like cooking home cooked meals every night or even most nights, I do not have the time. I do not have the energy. What words of encouragement would you say to them right off the bat? The first thing that I would say is really that I see you. I believe that meal planning, meal prepping, cooking from scratch can be a complicated thing. Like I often try to teach people on my blog about meal planning. And in that process, as I think about it as having this teacher lens of, okay, let's break down this task and understand why does this feel there are so many things that go into meal planning. So you're thinking about dietary preferences, budget, the time that you have available. You're thinking about, do I have what I need for this? There's just so many pieces that go into it that I just want to say meal planning, cooking from scratch, knowing what to feed your family at night for dinner is a cognitively demanding task. And that might not sound like much, but for me, that kind of makes me go, I can understand why this is complicated. There's so many pieces to it. It is actually hard. And with that mindset, you can start to think, okay, then how can I simplify it? How can I add some steps here to make it easier for me to do this? So if there's a way that we can add a baby step, that's going to be the best way. You're building habits, find the tiniest change that you can make to help you be successful. I love everything that you just said. You just validated for so many people the fact that planning meals, feeding a family, is really darn hard, and it is hard. So for anybody listening who thinks to themselves, I see the neighbor's home-cooked meals every day, and I can't do that. It's too much for me. What's wrong with me? Why can't I get it together? We all feel like that. It is really hard. There's a lot of work on the front end. And so I thank you for saying that because there's no secret. There's no like magic sauce. It's hard for those of us like you who've been doing this for a while. It's hard for people like me who is trying their darndest to do better. It's hard for everybody. And so you did mention there the importance of being prepared, I think you said. And so that brings me to a blog post that you wrote that really changed my life. And it was how to stock your pantry and your freezer before you ever cook a single thing. So talk to us. How do we stock that pantry freezer? What should we have on hand all the time? We can't cook unless we have the right ingredients. So what do we need? Absolutely. So I recommend that you find the basic ingredients for general recipes. And the reason why I'm being vague there and using terms like general is that a lot of us have dietary restrictions or foods that we can't eat or we're low carb or whatever. But typically, we're going to have items for some type of baking, whether that's flour or almond flour or a gluten-free baking mix. But then you need to have things like dried beans, canned beans, sauces, the, the items that you need for everyday recipes. And that's going to look different depending on how you eat. 
But for a lot of people, people are going to have things like rice, brown rice, pasta. You're going to have sauces like salsa, marinara sauce. You're going to have basic staples that you can apply in all of these different ways. And the one thing that I think that's really helpful for people is to think about the vegetables that you keep on hand. So I know a lot of people struggle with buying produce and then it goes bad before they use it. Everybody's had that experience of a salad bag with this black goo and you're like, oh man, this is going straight into the trash. I have totally ruined this. I think one thing that's been really helpful is not just to have these basic staples in my pantry where I can grab some salsa or I can grab some pasta or I can grab whatever, but it's also having really versatile vegetables that I can use in a variety of ways. So for example, we keep broccoli and cauliflower, cabbage, celery, carrots. We keep those things on hand all the time. And those form the basis of so many meals. So with very simple pantry staples and very simple and common vegetables, you're able to make a variety of things. Yes. I like how you said keep beans and rice and pasta on hand. We don't have to reinvent the wheel here. We can have beans and rice and then roast up a vegetable and add it to the dinner and then you have a vegetarian excuse me a vegan meal with proteins and carbohydrates and some greens in there as well that can be a meal like a meal doesn't have to be a fancy three-course whatever a home-cooked meal can be as simple as rice and beans with a vegetable yes and I like to share with people some simple recipes. And they're not always 100% from scratch, but I think if at this point you're getting meal kits or you are getting takeout, having something that's a compromise in the middle is fine. But I keep wanting to tell people, let your food be boring. Just eat simple foods. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It doesn't have to be gourmet. Just simple items added together can make a nourishing dinner for you and your family. I know you have desperation dinners, which are essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, but very, very simple recipes that anybody can make, even if you have never cooked anything in your whole life. And we're going to talk about your desperation dinners towards the end of our conversation today. But we talked about the foods we need to have in our pantry always on hand. What about appliances? I always feel as though kitchen appliances, there's a trend for the rice cooker or the air fryer or everybody jumps on the bandwagon. Everybody talks about how great it is. Everybody says it's going to solve all our cooking problems. And then the next thing comes out. So in your experience as somebody who is so passionate about cooking from home, which appliances are worth having on hand and which are just frivolous? Yeah, that's a great question. And the things that we use the most are the food processor, the air fryer, and probably our slow cooker. We go back to those over and over again. And my very favorite one is actually the food processor. And like that's not exciting. Nobody wants to be like, this is the answer to our problems. It's a food processor, right? Like, you get these for housewarming gifts or for wedding presents, or you might have an old one that your parents gave to you when you moved out or whatever. But 
I had this old broken food processor. I still do. It still works. And now I will use it for shredding zucchini and I'll use that to make zucchini press. I'll use it to shred a block of cheese instead of buying pre-shredded cheese. Ooh, I love that. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that is life-changing. Okay, continue. Sorry. It's so <laughs> and especially I try to be really mindful of the like the animal products that I use, so the eggs and the meat and the dairy. And so if I'm buying these higher quality organic local cheeses or investing in that, that's not often going to come in a bag of shredded cheese. So instead of getting the Tillamook that we have at Costco that I really want to just grab and stick in my fridge, I can drop this block of cheese and keep going. And I've eaten lower carb for a long time because that tends to be helpful for me. And so I'll throw, I'll break up a head of cauliflower and throw it in there to process to make cauliflower rice. We'll make broccoli rice. Like you can just destroy things in your food processor instantly. And and especially if you have mobility issues, like if you have health issues, if you have a bad shoulder and you can't be grating and peeling and shredding things. It's just so fast. That's the one tool that if I were to say, please fall in love with this one tool. Your answer there makes me think that a lot of people don't necessarily even know all the different tasks that a food processor can do for you. We all think it's about making some sort of puree, a hummus perhaps. By the way, homemade hummus in your food processor tastes a bazillion times better than the sabre or whatever they sell at the store. And it doesn't have the additives. Like I've never thought about slicing cheese in my food processor, but I'm going to do that because the the shredded cheese, the pre-shredded cheese also has a lot of nasties in it at the store. So I stopped buying them a couple of years ago, but then I have to bring out the grater and then I have to grate the block of cheese myself and then my arm hurts. And so so you're right. Like to your point, having fewer appliances but knowing how they can work, all the different ways they can work for you is so important. So read the book, everybody. I should say too, my my husband loves this recipe. It's like a scalloped potato recipe. I am not gonna sit there slicing potatoes to be paper thin. Heck no, I'm gonna use my food processor for that with that circle attachment. But what about the air fryer? What about the instant pot? What do you mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on those? I was so reluctant with the air fryer. Like I had my head in in the air. I'm, I don't need this trendy gadget. This is pointless. Who needs this? This is just more electronics waste. And then we got one and now we use it all the time. And I was like, oh, I was so judgmental about this for so long. But because I was thinking an air fryer, isn't that just like the convection feature in your oven? Like, why can't I just roast my potatoes on my baking tray in my oven like I normally do. But I will say the air fryer, from an environmental perspective, yes, you have the question of electronics waste, but you're not having to heat up your whole oven. So you can't, in that moment when you're air frying, you're going to be using less energy than if you had your oven at 450 trying to roast something. So from an eco-friendly perspective, there is that side of it. And it's just really quick. I can just stick it on my counter. I can have something else going. The potatoes or whatever are roasting in this air fryer and everything comes together really quickly. So when we meal plan, we typically will try to have this mental plate that we follow. 
a quarter of it is protein, a quarter of it is like some sort of starch, like brown rice or roasted sweet potatoes or something. And then half of it is produce. We really try to eat a lot of vegetables. So I'm often roasting vegetables or trying to have something to fit that moderately starchy, low GI type food. And that's where the air fryer just helps us so much. You just chop something up. You don't need a ton of oil. Just add some spices, stick it in the air fryer. All of a sudden, dinner's done. It's really handy. If you don't have an air fryer, I would absolutely say to try to find one secondhand if that sounds up your alley. And Stephanie, after listening to your episode about PFAS and forever chemicals, I'm always a little cautious with my appliances because a lot of them have nonstick coatings and you're heating up plastics. So I do have a question of how safe are these things in the long term if there's a nonstick a nonstick coating on my air fryer insert, is that really going to be safe in the long run? I don't know. I'm still doing more research on that. But that's like the one hesitation or question that I have about it. Because in the kitchen, it is a really helpful tool. The thought of cooking from scratch, I think that that sounds very scary. If you practice and if the more knowledge you have, the easier it becomes. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. So we're on to your desperation dinners, and I am so excited about this. First of all, what is a desperation dinner in your household? We had to come up with some desperation dinners for those nights when you're like, I just want to hit a drive through or get takeout or order a pizza. So they have to be quick. They have to be pretty low prep. And if they are ready in under 30 minutes, then I'm good. But I know that coming home from work in the evening is the moment where 
my meal plan is either going to do great or it's going to fail. It's dinner. Dinner is hard. You're already tired. You're already hungry. You just want to eat food right away. So if we don't have something like leftovers to heat up, and I do recommend trying to make batches of things where you can have leftovers to heat up. If like on Sunday night, we'll make a big pot of something and Monday night, that's what we're having for dinner. But if you don't have that on hand, I like to eat super simple things. And the easiest, simplest desperation dinner is just tacos. And in our house, tacos almost never really look like tacos, I guess. It's like taco meat that we will apply in different ways. So we might make like a burrito bowl where we have it over rice or cauliflower rice. We might have a taco salad. We might actually have tacos, but we don't normally have taco shells around. That's a packaged food. We don't normally have that. So we'll just have this seasoned meat that we apply in different ways. And really, it comes up so fast. We just thaw a pound of ground beef, and then we can cook it on the stove. That's cooking. Everything else gets assembled. You can snack on some cheese while you're waiting so you can fight that like hunger monster that's coming. And it just, it comes together really quickly and everybody likes tacos. Can I just pause you there and say that I'm having tacos for dinner tonight. We are a vegetarian household. So we just buy the vegan crumbles. We fry that up and then put the toppings out for everybody to take what they want. This is desperation dinner number one in my household. My husband, everybody except me, really loves tacos. I I could take them or leave them, but why I take them is because they're so darn easy. So for the meat eaters, you just get some meat. For the vegans or vegetarians, you just get the meat crumbles. Are they the healthiest? No, but it's certainly better than going to the drive-thru. We need, in those moments where we're hangry, And I am the hangry monster when I do not handle hunger well. At the first little sign of hunger, take out, like it's happening. And what I hear you saying is that if we can use what we have on hand and create a dinner, a desperation dinner to stave off the hangry monster, isn't that what we're all looking for? Tell me about your microwave cauliflower rice. Yeah. So that's another one where you're just going to pull out the food processor. You can even take your hands and break the cauliflower into chunks to fit in there. You're going to blitz it up until it's like rice size, right? Like I, I'm a terrible food, food blogger because I'm like, just chop it up. Like just make it tiny. And that's good enough. I've made it too tiny and it's still fine. It's like couscous. I made it too big. That's fine. It's just like a brown rice sort of thing. But if you put this blitzed up cauliflower in a bowl, a little water, a little salt, and then you put a plate over it, put it in the microwave for, I believe it's five minutes, and you have cauliflower rice. It's that easy. No packaging, nothing from the freezer. You're just blitzing it up. Very easy. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying that. Maybe tomorrow. (laughs) All right. Last one. I believe it's veggie packed marinara bowl. And this is the recipe that I'm like, you are not a food blogger. You have no right to be telling people this because there's no structure to this recipe. It's my use it up recipe. And I say that because if you're coming from a sustainable living mindset, you're trying to make the most of everything you have. You're trying to fight food waste. You need a place where you could sneak things, where you can say, oh, this carrot's soft. What can I do with it? Hide it in a dish like this. And this is basically glorified like meat sauce, like pasta sauce with meat. It's very simple. We started doing this when we were eating really low carb. So we weren't eating pasta. We weren't eating rice. We weren't eating anything like that. And there was a night that I was like, 
I'm just so hungry and I need something good. I know cauliflower is going to be a great option. And I was like, let's just do this. So I, all I do is I will brown ground beef. Again, you can have your vegan crumbles in here. We'll use the food processor. This is a food processor recipe. So we will blitz up some onion. Who cares if they're chunky or if they're small? It doesn't matter. They're going to cook down. We will often chop up some cauliflower in there. Same idea. It doesn't matter if it's big or small. Depending on the season, we'll adjust what goes in there. In the summertime, when our zucchini plants are going absolutely ridiculous, like I'm sure that some of your listeners are gardeners and they probably have that same issue. I will feed that zucchini through the slicer on my food processor. I'll throw that in there. I'll throw broccoli in there. I'll throw whatever. It doesn't really matter. Just meat with lots of vegetables. And then I will add usually about two jars of pasta sauce and a couple tablespoons of tomato paste because that brings the flavor all the way together. And yeah, like you said before with your pizza sauce, you could absolutely do that from scratch. But if you're already exhausted and you're already like about to go on DoorDash or whatever, pasta sauce is fine. Grab it out of your pantry, mix it in. I judge it by color. If it's pink, then it's not enough tomato. Then add more marinara sauce. I'm telling you, this doesn't sound fancy. It sounds terrible when I explain it, but it's very good. And we'll serve it. I've had it just in a bowl on its own or with cheese on top. We will put it over pasta sometimes. We'll put it over rice. We'll put it over cauliflower rice. Like it's just such a simple vehicle that we can have in the fridge. And maybe we eat it one way one night. And then the next night we eat it another way. So it's, it's very simple, but it's really good. And uh, it's a great way to use up vegetables and eat more vegetables. And we all need to eat more vegetables, don't we? I would say that the final word for today is that I, I say this all the time. And so sorry to ride or die listeners who have heard me say this a bazillion times. But cooking is a self-sufficient skill that we as a culture are in danger of losing. And... So that's one final word. But the other one is that cooking for ourselves and for our families does not have to be complicated and it doesn't have to be hard. It is going to be, it is going to feel complicated and hard if you're just starting out, but just keep doing it. Just keep planning your weekly meals and keep doing it. You're going to feel better. You're going to be healthier. You're going to save an awful lot of money. Do you have any final words? Yes. I have one more tip that I want to share. Because I realized that the thing that helps me be the most effective, or if if you're trying to get into meal planning and you're thinking, I I just can't, like I have so many things going on, I cannot focus on it. I'm the sort of person that needs a forced deadline. And the thing that really helped change our habits and get us onto meal planning regularly was we decided to do a grocery pickup from a grocery store which I mean, from a sustainability side, you're thinking like, oh no, there's packaging. Again, if you're already getting diet, you're already getting takeout or you're getting meal kits, then this can be a good middle ground. But the way we had it set up was that on Friday nights, my husband would pick up groceries at the grocery store next to his work, which meant that by Friday, I had to have a meal plan and I had to have my groceries in. But it meant that Friday night, I'd have everything I'd need for the next week ready to go. And when we have that routine going, we are so effective. So especially if you are experiencing a lot of stress or exhaustion, or I don't know, you're just living through the past two years and life feels really challenging. 
building in some sort of artificial deadline can be really helpful. I didn't want to get groceries on Saturday morning. If he did it Friday night, it took something off my plate. I didn't mind spending 30 minutes on Thursday, plugging in the order, going over my meal plan. And it that was a game changer for us. That's a great tip. And I just realized I didn't give my own desperation dinner. You gave us so many. I wanted to leave with mine, which is, well, there's also like a little bit of a story to it. So my father and his wife, my stepmother growing up, they would have cheese night once a week where they would buy fancy cheeses with a baguette that they would toast up. And maybe they had some charcuterie. And that was dinner. They paired it with a wine. And so the vegans don't write to me and be mean. Please don't. But if you are a dairy eating household, why not just have a cheese night? Go to a nicer supermarket, one of the higher end ones, buy maybe three cheeses, get a baguette, put some grapes on the cheese plate, pour yourself a mega pint of red wine. If you're watching the Johnny Depp trial, mega pint, that's dinner. You didn't cook anything. You didn't need any skill to do that. There you go. There's a night dinner done. So Rachel, tell my listeners where they can find you and your blog online. Yeah, so my blog is Milk Glass Home, and I also have a podcast called Simple Sustainable Home as well. So it'd be great to have you come check out our our meal plans, our desperation dinners, the pantry checklist. I'll, I'll make sure you have everything you need to start this habit. Rachel, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I am going to make your cauliflower rice probably tomorrow. So thank you so much for offering your wisdom. You've got an awful lot of it. Thank you so much. I love this. I appreciate it. Listeners, that's a wrap. I so hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rachel McKinnon. I have linked to her amazing blog, Milk Glass Home, in this week's show notes. If you're interested, show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 270. Now, I need your episode ideas. I'm out of ideas. So if you have a great episode topic, send me an email, reach out to me on socials, let me know. If you sent me one and I haven't covered it, go on with your bad self and send it again. I might have lost it. I am not the most organized of people. So you have a great idea for an episode, send it my way. Don't forget, rate, review, tell a friend, help this podcast grow. Thank you so much. Reach out to me if you need me. I'll see you soon and take care.